This is the book of the generations of Adam. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Male and female, he created them. And he blessed them and named them man when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness, after his own image, and named him Seth. The days of Adam after he fathered Seth were 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. When Seth had lived 105 years, he fathered Enosh. Seth lived after he fathered Enosh 807 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Seth were 912 years and he died. When Enosh had lived 90 years, he fathered Kenan. Enosh lived after he fathered Kenan 815 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enosh were 905 years and he died. When Kenan had lived 70 years, he fathered Mahaliel. Kenan lived after he fathered Mahaliel 840 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Kenan were 910 years and he died. When Mahaliel had lived 65 years, he fathered Jared. Mahaliel lived after he fathered Jared 830 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Mahaliel were 895 years, and he died. When Jared had lived 162 years, he fathered Enoch. Jared lived after he fathered Enoch 800 years, had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. When Methuselah had lived 187 years, he fathered Lamech. Methuselah lived after he fathered Lamech 782 years. He had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Methuselah were 900 Sixty-nine years, and he died. When Lamech had lived 182 years, he fathered a son and called his name Noah, saying, Out of the ground that the Lord has cursed, this one shall bring us relief from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. Lamech lived after he fathered Noah 595 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Lamech were 777 years, and he died. After Noah was 500 years old, Noah fathered Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Thus far the reading of God's word this morning. Let's again bow in prayer. Father who art in heaven, we thank you for this portion of your word. We ask that you would be with Pastor Bob as he speaks on this word. Guide it to our hearts. This we ask in your name alone. Amen. Amen. We want to focus this morning on verses 22, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7 in regards to the life of a man by the name of Methuselah. In order for us to, to perhaps understand what God is telling us and what God is conveying to us in his living word, 
regarding this man, we probably first of all need to set the context. What is involved here? Secondly, the distinction that Methuselah has. And then thirdly, the name that Methuselah was given. First of all, the context. The context, first of all, of the chapter. What we have here is a genealogy. A genealogy that lists various people. That lists the father, lists the son. It gives us the age at which the son was born. It's a genealogy. Not unlike other genealogies that we find in scripture as well. They are occur numerous times, not only in the Old, but also in the New, most notably Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 3. In fact, it's the chronology in Luke that actually provides the fact that, that Luke confirms these names that we have given, been given here in Genesis chapter 5. But it's also a chapter in terms of the context, the genealogy, father, son, age at which the son is born, but then also telling us the final age at death. How old was this man when he died? Such is the context. That's the whole of chapter 5 is that. But it's centering, secondly, on a family. See, not all the family members are included. If you were listening or following along, you'll, you'll learn that there is the name given of one child, but then it will tell us as well, and he had other sons and daughters. Who those were, do not, they're not listed. The only exception to that is Noah. In Noah's case, we learn of three sons that are born. It's the only time in the whole chapter that more than one of the sons is listed. Else, it's always following this particular child. So it's the father, that son, and then one of the sons of that, and then one of the sons there, and another son there, another son there. Some people believe it's always the oldest, but that would not be true. Because we start with Adam and then we go to Seth. But Seth is not the oldest of Adam's children. Even the oldest of his sons. So we, we perhaps could assume, well, every one of these other names, Mahala and Kenan, they're all the oldest. That would not necessarily follow from the information that we've been given. So we have a family. Not everybody is included in this list. Not all the sons, not all the daughters are given. There is a specific, you see, bloodline that is being traced. That's part of the purpose of Genesis chapter 5. God is tracing out for us a bloodline. A bloodline that goes back to a promise that God made in Genesis 3.15, the fact that God promised that he would put enmity between the serpent and the seed of the woman. And it is this seed of the woman, 
or perhaps we refer to it more particularly as the promise line that is being traced for us in this chapter. We are seeing God's promise being carried out. Now, when it comes to Methuselah, the context is we also have to pay attention to Methuselah's father. And we can note a number of things about Methuselah's father, who was a man by the name of Enoch. He was a man who we are told walked with God. He walked with God. If, if, turn with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. It's interesting, in reading various commentaries, we, we actually have more information about Enoch in the New Testament than we have in the Old. There, there are more verses citing this man uh, in the New Testament than we have in this passage here in the Old. In Hebrews chapter 5, we read, excuse me, Hebrews 11 verse 5. Sorry about that. Hebrews 11 verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For who would ever draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So if you want a commentary on what it means, what does it mean to walk with God? It means to be a person of faith who is living in a way that pleases God. This is Methuselah's father. He is a man who pleases God, a man of faith, a man who is commended by God, a man who walked with God. Well, would it be said of you and I, men, as fathers, that, that we are commended because we are those who walk with God? So that's Methuselah's dad. But he's also noted, secondly, here in Genesis chapter 5, because he was taken. Now, the, the actual terminology here is that he was brought near to God. He didn't bring himself to God. He was brought to God. And, of course, the active agent in this verse is God. God is the one who brings Enoch near to him. It is a reminder of grace. Enoch didn't earn his way to God. God brought Enoch near to him. Hence the commentary that is given in Hebrews 11 as well. Without faith, it's impossible to be near to God. And faith, we know, is the gift of God. Not by works, lest anyone can boast. This is the father of Methuselah. A man who walked with God, 
a man who was brought near to God. But let me give you one more point. And this is not found in the Genesis account. This is found, again, in one of those New Testament passages. It's in the book of Jude. He is referenced, Enoch is, in verses 14 and 15. Jude calls Enoch a prophet. Other translations or other ways of using the term that is used there could be with the understanding of preacher, proclaimer, herald. Enoch is not a man who kept his faith to himself. Just quietly led his life. He was a man who spoke out. A man who was a prophet. Now we'll see how that comes to play in this account of Methuselah in a few moments. So there's your context. The chapter, the family that we're tracing, and the father that is noted here in Genesis chapter 5. But now let's focus for a moment on the man, Methuselah. What do we note about him? What does God's word tell us? Well, God's word tells us that he's a man of great age. He reaches the age of 969 years. No, I did not know him. 969 years. Now, there's some who, you know, if, if you know, your children at times uh, perhaps go to secular universities or uh, perhaps uh, secular schools and other situations, and, and these kind of things, you know, it's, it's the heyday of, of professors to stand up and, and to scoff at Scripture, to laugh at it and say, who in the world can live 969 years? How old's your grandma? And people will say, oh, she's about 80 or whatever. Can you imagine her living another 900 years? How silly. The Bible is so silly. These numbers either are lies or they're vastly exaggerated or they're not correct. So you see, you can't trust Scripture. Well, perhaps the one that out of those skeptics that perhaps... We kind of wonder, well, are these numbers somewhat askew? Did, did somebody make a copying error here? Maybe, see, it would make a lot more sense, would it, if we divided it all by 10. And rather than Methuselah being 969 years, he's 96 years old and 7 tenths. Oh, sure, we can understand a, a man living to 96 and 7 tenths, that makes sense. Oh, that's our solution. Really? Think about this. Students, here's one of those times. You, you've got to take this in. You've got to arm yourself. You've got to be ready for this. Professor, if you want to play that game, then you're telling me that when Enoch was six and a half years old, he had a son? Well, what do you mean by that? Well, you see, the text says, verse 21, when Enoch had lived 65 years, but if we're supposed to divide all these by 10, you're saying he was 6.5 years old. Well, you've got great faith to believe that a 
0.5-year-old child can give birth to a son. Now, there is nothing in God's Word that would lead us down the pathway of saying in any way, shape, or form, are these numbers wrong? Methuselah lives to be a literal 969 years old. Well, how can that be? How could somebody live that long? Well, once again, let us remind ourselves of the fact that Genesis 5 began with a perfect man and a perfect woman who fall into sin and there is now spiritual marking upon them and there is the beginning, not a total, not a complete physical marking. The day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And we have almost 900 years of life without death. Obviously, death God allowed to take its time. There aren't all those PFAs in the water. There isn't all that uh, plastic stuff that we're consuming. There isn't all those cancer-causing agents out there in the air that we breathe. We're not dealing with all the debilitating, now I could say it, all the debilitating factors that we have in our life. We're not dealing with carotid arteries. We're not dealing with kidney stones. 969 years. This is the great age to which Methuselah lives. But let me caution you. Most of you, if I, answer, if I ask you this question, you would answer Methuselah. Who is the oldest man who ever lived? Your answer, Methuselah. Be careful. Nowhere does the Bible say Methuselah was the oldest man who ever lived. The Bible tells us Methuselah was 969 years old when he died. Does anybody else's age approach that? Well, sure, there are others, but nobody beats 969 years. However, there are other sons and daughters. Scripture doesn't underline this and somehow say, yep, he reached the oldest. There may have been others. Who lived longer? We don't know. We just know Methuselah, out of the promised line, lived 969 years. We've got other people out there in the world. We, we've got Cain's descendants. Perhaps one of them lived longer. We don't know. So don't make a statement that the Bible doesn't make. So the best way to answer that question is to simply say, the Bible gives us that the age of Methuselah was 969 years when he died. And that is the oldest recorded date in the Bible. Does that make him the oldest man? Perhaps. But not necessarily. The second thing to note about the distinction of Methuselah is not only his age, 
as Scripture reveals. But he has another distinction. He has a grandson. That's where this chapter is taking us, isn't it? It's taking us down the line to his grandson. His grandson, Noah. The man who is going to be the one who is going to be called to build the ark. The man who is going to be with his family of eight. Called to dwell with inside of that ark. As God sends the judgment of the flood waters upon this earth and destroys every living thing except that which was in the ark. Methuselah is the grandfather of this man. And here's a little tidbit Methuselah is alive for six hundred years of Noah's life. Methuselah doesn't die until Noah, the grandson, is 600 years old. Just think about that. Okay? For, for me, that, that those are are difficult numbers, okay? Uh, for, for me, I never knew my, my grandpa Van Manen, okay? He had already passed by the time that, that uh, I was born. My grandpa Daling, I was in third grade when he passed, so what are you, seven, eight? Didn't have my grandparents for very long. Can't imagine, think about this. Noah has his grandfather for 600 years. There's another reason God gives us this information. The third thing that I want you to note in, in regards to this second point is that he died. And just like all the rest except for Enoch. And he died, and he died, and he died. This also is the fulfillment of that which God had promised. You can live to be 969 years old, but you die. There is the inevitable fact. That each one of us truly needs to consider. No matter how aged we get. No matter how healthy we are during that course of those ages. We will die. Unless Christ comes again. Unless God takes us when Christ appears. And maybe that's part of the whole message, is it not, of, of the Enoch being translated. Of the Enoch, the man of faith, who is taken from this life. It's a reminder to us, it's a picture to us of the fact that, yes, we all die. Unless God comes 
unless Christ returns and takes us as those of faith, as those who are walking with him today. Because you can't walk with God in this life after you die. See, sometimes when we're, we're young and that young gets extended sometimes, we think we're invincible, do we not? We can stare death at the face, in the face and say, I'm never going to die. That won't kill me. See, we can't ask the young man who wrapped his car in three pieces on Byron Center Avenue today, can we? I can drive my car at 100 plus miles an hour. I can handle it. And he died. It is a reminder to us that death is indeed a reality. Even the oldest recorded man in the Bible died. And that reality No special reward was given to Methuselah. Hey, you reached 979 or 969. I won't let you die. I'm going to keep it going. No. It is appointed unto man once to die. And that brings us then in this genealogy, the realities of grace that we see in Enoch but also the realities of sin and that the wages of sin are death and that the punishment for our sin is death unless we know Jesus Christ. So here in this mundane, as one commentator said, lives the glorious message of grace to you and I again. Also, that stern warning that death does come. Thirdly, we need to take a look at his name. See, there really isn't much about Methuselah that is told us, is there? The only thing that's told us is that he has a son, son by the name of Lamech. Nothing else distinguishes Methuselah out of this passage. It's not Methuselah walked with God and he was not. No, that's Enoch. So why is it that God in his purposes, in his plan, puts into his word, puts into the promise line, this man? Why is Methuselah part of the promise line? What do, we, what do we garner out of this? Especially when I give you the little tidbit of the fact that Lamech dies five years before Methuselah. The son dies before the father. First time it happens in scripture. In terms of the genealogical account. We obviously have Abel who is murdered by Cain. 
but in the natural order of their lives, this is the first time outside of a tragedy such as the murder that a son precedes the father. Yet, Methuselah sees that. And yet, you have to do all the calculations to figure that out. That's not what the, the text itself highlights. And Methuselah had to deal with his own son's passing before him. No, that's not what Scripture distinguishes. So the, one of the only things we're left with is the man's name. What do we find in this name, Methuselah? Well, if we look to the Hebrew, we have two choices. We can take the name and say the two parts of Methuselah's name are two Hebrew nouns. If we take the two Hebrew nouns, it means that Methuselah is the man of the spear. Perhaps more technically, the man of the javelin. But, if the two parts that make up Methuselah's name are verbs, we get a very interesting meaning. When he is dead, it shall come. When he is dead, it shall come. Now, scholars, preachers such as Matthew Henry, James Montgomery Boyce, a host of Hebrew scholars, believe that, that, that what is happening here is that it is this second meaning that is true. Although, I'm not so sure we have to choose. I'm not so sure that both are not true. After all, Methuselah, has a grandson by the name of Noah who is busy building an ark, who is dealing with scoffers, and maybe it's Methuselah has to stand there with his spear protecting. But certainly the second meaning ought to pique our interest. When he is dead, it shall come. Now, remember I told you about his father. we got to go back to dad. we got to go back to Father Enoch. Father Enoch, I told you, was a prophet. Part of the role of a prophet is to be given by God revelations about that which will take place. That which will occur. That which will happen. Enoch is the one who names Methuselah. So I'm going to call my son, who is born to me, as I'm walking with God, as I'm a man of faith, as I'm a man who is pleasing to God, I look at the birth of my son, I see my son, and I call him Methuselah, the man of the spear, the man who, when he dies, it shall come. Now, you need to turn, keep your finger here at Genesis 5. Turn with me to Jude. I referenced this earlier. Turn with me to the book of Jude.
verse 14. Jude is the book just before Revelation, only one chapter. Jude, verse 14. It was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, notice we're referencing the genealogy now of Genesis chapter 5, confirms scripture, the seventh from Adam, prophesied. Here's his prophecy. He's a prophet. Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of all their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way and of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. What did Enoch prophesy? That there was a coming judgment. When he dies, it shall come. What's it? The judgment. When he dies, when this child dies, the judgment of God upon all the ungodliness of this world, of this society, that judgment of God shall come. When he dies, it shall come. When Methuselah was born, Adam was still alive. You're going to name your son. You're going to call him Methuselah. Why that name? Because when he dies, the judgment of God shall come. Adam, why is God's judgment coming? My sin. world that I have brought into existence by my sin, by my failing, by my trespass, by my iniquity. When he dies, it shall come. From what we can gather from Scripture, When God speaks to Noah and says, start building an ark. Methuselah is 869 years old. For the next hundred years, every hammer, every saw, Every board, every coat of pitch is a reminder when he dies, when this man who is now 869 years old dies, it shall come. 
When he's 875 years old, when he dies, it shall come. When he's 900 years old, when he dies, it shall come. When he's 925, when he dies, it shall come. When he's 950, when he dies, it shall come. Oh, the grace and mercy of God. Leaving a testimony for a hundred years. Peter says in 2 Peter, I wish that all men would come to repentance. A hundred years God gives to this ungodly world the opportunity to repent in a living testimony of a man by the name of Methuselah the day he dies, when he dies. I have to take back when the day. When he dies, it shall come. And if we follow the chronology that God gives to us in his word of Genesis chapter 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9, in the year that Methuselah died, God said, enter the ark. There are some commentators who tell us the fact that we are given in God's word that for seven days, Noah and his family are in that ark awaiting the rain. There are some commentators who firmly believe the fact that the day that God called Noah to enter the ark is the day of Methuselah's death. And the seven days are the seven days of mourning for the grandfather. When he dies, it shall come. We see, do we not, mercy of God. We see the faithfulness of God. We see the promises of God. We see the judgment of God. We do not live in a day and age unlike Noah. When's he coming? Yeah, you Christians, you keep talking about the coming of Jesus and a judgment. How long's it been now? Listen to these words from the book of 2 Peter as we close. And I'll just read them. And let them speak for themselves. They say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlooked this fact that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God. And that by means of these, the world that existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and the earth that are now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and the destruction of the ungodly. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord. 
because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. What kind of people ought you to be? Those who live lives of holiness and godliness. And the day that he dies, it shall come. Father, thank you for your word, the living, breathing word that you have given to us. May it touch our hearts. May it call, call us out of darkness into your marvelous light today. May we hear your word. May we heed that word. May we seek to live by that word. For your word is true. Christ shall come. And oh, what a glorious day that will be. Because we know Christ. Because of grace. Grace. 